Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Alston Pudding Podcast. Really excited to be recording this this week because last week the nominee list for the Boston Music Awards came out and so this podcast is now nominated for podcast slash radio show of the year at the Boston Music Awards. Personally, I am nominated for Music Journalist of the Year and Alston Pudding as a publication is nominated for publication of the year. So please, please, uh, if you like what we're doing, consider casting a vote for us. It would be very, very appreciated. Whole team works really, really hard and is, you know, we're blessed with a very talented staff of writers. So I'd love to see them get some love. I also wanna congratulate last week's guest, Destiny Claymore, on uh, receiving nominations for Vocalist of the Year and R&B Performer of the Year. Uh, now to look forward, I'd like to extend a congratulations to this week's guest, On Bloom, for her nomination for R&B Performer of the Year. So that's who I'm talking to this week. So we've had two nominees in a row. Also, congrats to Oompa before I forget, because she was nominated for uh, Rapper of the Year. So we've had a few nominees on this show and yeah, so head out and, and get voting for that. Um, but anyway, this episode was a lot of fun on bloom is on bloom was great to talk to. Uh, she gave me sort of like a very basic one-on-one walkthrough through, uh, tarot cards. So any spiritualists, occultists, this one's for like the witch crew. Yeah, it's like the second half of the episode. It's, you know, nothing too heavy or serious. We're just having some fun, like picking out cards with our favorite art. Um, but it's a good time. So anyway, I don't want to ramble on too long. I'm just so elated and grateful for the nominations and for every guest who's made an appearance on this show thus far. Um, you know, I, I'm just glad that uh, I'm just really grateful for their their time and helping to get this show sort of off the ground. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I only look forward to doing it more. Uh, anyway, peace.
So I'm here with On Bloom, an R&B singer, and you're based in Everett? Yes. I was actually heard your name come up on an episode that I'm editing this week that's going to come out next week because I interviewed Ark Zeus, uh, and I know you've collaborated with him before. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm talking to her. <laughs> um talking to her in a couple of days. Yeah. I like working with um, Mark Zeus, Ricardo. Um, it's crazy because we went to high school together. Um, and a lot of the people I work with, we went to high school together and to see their growth and my growth um, is really crazy. Cause he was like the first person I ever knew to actually like make music and write and make their own production and sing like their own lyrics so I definitely have like, it was like an honor making that with him, like the song that we made. And yeah, it's really cool because there's like a little a little crew of you guys based in like Everett, North Shore area that seems like you've all known each other for a few years and are kind of popping up on each other's music. So yeah, no, it's just, it's always really cool to see kind of groups of friends stick together and like help each other out with collaborations. Like you said, grow together both as like individuals and as artists. I definitely feel like um, it's, I don't believe in coincidences. So the fact that um, all of us went to, cause we all went to Everett High School and we were very much um, inspired by musicians um, that were like at their prime during, I was in high school like 2014 to 2018. Um, so I'm really young, but uh, we were just really inspired by artists and like we would go to concerts all the time. Like we would skip school. So like we could take the train um, or we would like get out early um, so we can like go on the train um, and then head to like the Lowell. There's like a Lowell um, stadium where. Is it the, the Songus Center? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we've seen a lot of different artists and rappers there. So I definitely feel like those years were crucial for my artistry. It actually really inspired me, like who I am today. Nice. What are, what are some of those artists that you ended up skipping school? Um, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> okay. I have like, I- yeah, there's like this really funny story, actually. Um, so we were like on the train. I don't really talk to this person anymore. But like he was just, I don't know what happened, but like, I don't know if you've ever been on the purple line. Um, no. Yeah, it's like, um, or I don't know what it's called, but it's like the, I call it the purple line because it's purple. Is it the, the commuter rail? Yeah, that's okay. what it's called. Not the purple <laughs> okay. Line. Yeah. So I've, I've been on a few of the lines, not the one to Lowell, but. Yeah. And it was so funny because I'm pretty sure they were just so high that one of them just like puked on the train and I'll never forget that because it was just hilarious to me because it was so random and (laughs) I don't know I have like weird little memories like that but um what were you gonna ask oh um no I was just gonna add uh the only time I've been to the Sangha Center up there was to see ASAP Rocky and also uh Tyler the creator and yeah Staples was that the same show yeah, it was. Okay, so we were both at that show. Yeah. That's fine. I remember my friend and I went because his parents' house is like uh, sort of near there. So we just like stayed at his parents' house overnight. But we got, that was sort of the 
beginning of the end of me getting really, really high. Because I remember I got, we smoked like two joints in the parking garage there. And I remember being at that show and there were so many like, cause it's the UMass Lowell like arena. And I remember that there were so many like college bros around <laughs> and the, the mixing at that show was so loud that it hurt me. Like it, it like not just my ears, but like I could feel it like in my feet. And I was just like, Oh, this, I love Tyler. I love ASAP. I love, I love Vince Staples, but I just remembered like going to the back to like the seated portion and just like sitting down as far away as I could and just being like, it's still too loud. And I'm like, am I old now? <laughs> no, I remember it being like, just really like, there's a lot of distortion, um, <laughs> like in the, in the mix, like you were saying. So it was, I feel like I remember just being drenched when I came out of that um, concert because it was just crazy. Um, like, I can't believe I used to do that back then because now I would definitely not go on the floor, like, mm-hmm. and like voluntarily get like pushed around and, you know, moshing, whatever. But I feel like now I'm not even old, but I just feel like now I'm like, mm. Yeah, I feel like I I can't put up with that right now. Like, I'll definitely go see them, but like somewhere in the balcony or where there's chairs. So it's less chaotic. Yeah, I I have the advantage of being like tall. So I can stand like sort of far back and just still get the show. I remember years ago, I was at a a show. um, The last time I was in a mosh pit, I was like 24. I'm like 30 now. So this was like six, seven years ago. And it was at a punk show at the Sinclair and it's like, it was all ages. So this like teenager, everyone was like stage diving and this teenager. So there's like an etiquette to stage diving where you're supposed to go like head first with your hands out and people will catch you. This teenager went like feet first and like kicked me right square in the forehead. And I got a concussion and like going to shows after that for a little while was a little like, Oh, this is too loud. I, uh, <laughs> So it like sort of changed the way I like now I just now I'm totally okay just hanging back and you know I can see everything totally fine. It's probably a little traumatic for you. <laughs> a little bit, but like you know, it's a trauma I've overcome. I just like hang yeah. back. I also don't like to be like in the middle of a crowd now either, whether it's at a show or just in general. Right. I like a, like a little bit of space. Yeah. So anyway, you and I uh, first got connected last summer i think it was like last june late may or like er early june because you were about to drop the star which is correct me if i'm wrong but that's your debut ep it is nice yeah and i just really really like the like the vibe of that like the tone i really like your singing voice uh the production on it it just like flowed really nicely so to anyone listening to that to this Definitely go check that out and check out On Bloom's latest release, which came out a couple weeks ago, Momentum, which same sort of sort of situation, really well produced, very contemporary emotional R&B. Like I was saying before I hit record, I woke up at five this morning when it was still that like, you know, very ethereal kind of pre-dawn twilight and popped on the star and Momentum. You know, it's a really, really good sound for that sort of just that sort of lighting and that sort of tone. I I remember when I first heard the star, 
it was summer, so the nights were very warm. I was spending a lot of time outside and it was just really nice to smoke a joint while listening to that and just okay. like kind of chill for a little bit. So when did you start singing and recording? Um, so I started with producing first in 2017 is when I had a, um, the most interest and I really was surrounded by artists, like I said. So it was definitely like an influential thing. Um, and then I started producing like for real, for real, like doing things by myself in 2018, like late 2018. And then 2019 was like a very, very intense year for me. It was really shifting. So I literally wrote and sang my pain away. Um, and I feel like it, that's what really kind of um, motivated me to sing. And like, because I was always like really like self-conscious about my voice and self-conscious about everything about my art because I was surrounded by artists too. So it was definitely like nerve wracking showing any of my friends my art. So yeah, like around 2019 is when I started to sing. Um, and I feel like my voice has evolved a lot, which I love because I feel like when I listen to the star, I'm just like, Ooh, I could have done that better. Um, but of course that's going to happen, um, over time as an artist, or even, you know, if you're a writer, if you're an actual, you know, painter or any type of artist, right? Like you're going to reflect over time and be like, yeah, I definitely like grew and like, really advanced on what like advanced on your craft what were some of the specific ways that you feel like you evolved or advanced your singing voice um i feel like i have more of a tone uh like i feel like i definitely like um i feel like i consider myself being an alto singer like i i feel like with within time i can definitely you know do more agilities and um different vocal arrangements but I think from the start, I was very, like, I feel like my voice sounded like it was scared. And I feel like maybe I, I think that because I was scared. And I feel like it felt held back. My voice sounded like, like kind of like very linear and just didn't sound like it had a flow to it. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like now I'm more comfortable with making my own melodies, making uh, my own vocal arrangements. In the start, I made all of that by myself, but I'm saying in a way where I'm more comfortable with it now and I look forward to it. Back then, I was like, I hate doing vocal arranging. I hate doing the melodies because it was just hard for me. But I feel like now I have more confidence to write and most of all put emotion in my like my melodies I feel like that was what was missing for me and I didn't know how to but I feel like I'm starting to really get to that point where I want to put even more emotion into my melodies and my voice when I'm singing okay yeah well it's interesting because like I having listened to the start I never would have I never would have guessed that you were like afraid of like putting that emotion because I I listened to it for the first time and I was like, this is the kind of emotional contemporary R and B that I, that I really dig. 
So honestly, now I'm a little scared for like future releases. If you're going to get more emotional, <laughs> I'm like, that's just going to fuck me up. <laughs> I, I just, while you were saying that, I just thought of the, the meme of like young thug in the studio where it's like, mm, this sounds devastating. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the star was really emotional, um, especially um, the last song. I always love having my outros just be kind of like, that's it. Like, I don't know, like kind of like I'm giving it my all on this last song or, and it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't happen to like, I don't plan it to be the last song, but I always arrange it in that order where it's like, this is my most emotional song (laughs) or like, this is the most intense song. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but um, I definitely feel like there'll be more tears in the future. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> next time I see your name pop up in my inbox. I'll be like, am I am I in the right place to cover this? <laughs> uh, I'll no, send um, over some tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually grabbed one before doing this interview just to like clear my throat. I have like two left in the box, so if you want to send some over anytime, I'm running low. <laughs> Definitely will, and I'll send you some demos with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you brought up arranging like the album like the song to song that is something i wanted to to talk about because especially listening to momentum that i felt listening to it the past couple days and even when it you know came out that that first weekend i listened to it the songs flow so well together and there's like very little a couple times i like i heard the beat switch but i was like is this the same song did she just switch up the beat and just going to a different song and I was like oh I don't know okay so like the opening track her and then into the next track ultra I thought for a sec that was the the same song just with like a beat switch and so you know I think that that work you're putting into sort of sequence these songs is really effective I don't know if you want to like talk more about like how like how conscious the decisions are that go into ordering those songs but I I think it's really effective, especially on momentum.
Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like for the, my EP momentum, right. It was, I feel like the way that I wanted it to sound, it sounded nothing. It sounds nothing like I wanted to sound, but it just kind of came about. I feel like that's a lot of the cases um, for most artists. I also feel like Owen, the producer I worked with, um, he, I feel like he was just really in his bag. <laughs> like, I feel like he just, he just was so cohesive, um, like subconsciously, I feel like it was something that he didn't mean to do, but it was, and even for me, cause I produced three of the tracks, but he produced the first two, um, he produced, uh, um, her and ultra. So definitely, I feel like the cohesiveness comes from him and the way that he works and probably just the chemistry that me and him had and what our vision was because ironically her was the first song to be made actually it's not ironic it's kind of cool because it's like the first song but um (laughs) um he made that beat like in 2018 so like that was like also his like beginning phases of being a producer and like i used to have apple music and I remember, um, you know how sometimes when you like, I don't know, basically I downloaded the song somehow and it like came on shuffle when I was like just in my car one day. And I'm like, who is this? Like, it was just me. And I'm like, oh my God, who is this? And I look and, it's me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this. Like, this is crazy. Um, and then, but that was like during the pandemic, like 20, like early pandemic phase and then ultra i feel like that song gave me the most it gave me like the theme of what i wanted the um, project to be like um because i couldn't stop listening to it like i literally had it on replay forever for a long time because i loved it and i never got tired of it and i feel like being an artist you get tired of your own music um because you want to pick out every flaw and you want to you know you know, just really like, you know, have the best of the best, but I feel like I loved it. It was so good. And like the beat and like the way, I don't know, it just gave me something I never really felt before. And I feel like I really reflected that on the lyrics. And um, I feel like Kofi literally did what he had to do on that his verse is really good yeah like he completed it without him it would not be as good um like seriously he the way that he his like melody game is top notch like i i don't know how he comes with stuff up like with stuff like that so quickly i feel like things just come very cohesively um and then the rest of the project was really it was like made throughout time I have a lot of demos that I didn't even put in there and sometimes I'm like hmm should I drop them like (laughs) because I'm like I still like it but I just I don't know and then lover girl was the last song to be made I made it and I'm really proud of that song so it's interesting that you had mentioned that ultra kind of set the theme of the EP because when I was listening to it I had uh, thought that her kind of set the set the theme, uh, at least like from a listener standpoint, because and I, I don't remember any. I'm really bad with remembering lyrics, so I can't recite any lyrics. So maybe you can help me out on this. But that seemed to be a lot uh, about sort of like like feminine power and like sort of 
coming into your own as like uh like a vocalist and and a performer i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or to kick off the ep it was a really really good way and i, I felt like that song kind of stuck with me listening through the rest of it where i kept all the songs kind of i traced back to that top song i i feel like i couldn't agree with you more you like nailed it <laughs> like that's literally the reason why i put it as an intro um i feel like like I said, when I heard that beat, um, when I was just randing, randomly in my car um, playing on shuffle and it came on, like, I was like, this is very captivating. Like, um, the loop is just so, ugh. like, it just makes you want to, like, I don't know, like, hear it again and again. Like, that's how I felt. So I feel like it was definitely a sense of empowerment and like a like a stance on who I am and what I am and what I represent um, and definitely the, the whole, like the female power or the um, feminine power, I definitely agree with. So I'm glad that like you, you like received that. I feel like not a lot of, I haven't really gotten that feedback from that song. Um, so it's interesting. Hey, that's, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> analyze, you know, listen to music and try to analyze it on the fly. Even if it wasn't my job, I've been doing that for so long that like, I'm glad I'm in a position where I get to write about music in like an analytical way or like write about it or cover it, you know, in some form in an analytical way. Cause that's like what I just do naturally. I was talking to someone recently about just like, interacting with with art and media and i was like yeah i can't just like sit back and enjoy something on the surface level i kind of i have to like try to explore like a deeper meaning about it anyway also i love to be right about my <laughs> inferences so uh, <laughs> but uh yeah and then comparing comparing momentum to the star the star feels very much very very if i can just use some like loose adjectives it feels very very fluid and and mysterious and i guess in hindsight with you saying that you were a little more a little more like fearful and and a little more like self-contained sort of does make sense looking back where this one momentum does feel like a lot more a lot more confident i mean especially with like the thinking of the imagery of the album covers um i know the star has uh like you're kind of wearing like this sort of jeweled facial covering yeah whereas this one uh momentum you're kind of more in like a lounge type area sort of like reclining on on like a, a comfortable seating i don't know if i have like a follow-up question to that or that's just sort of like an observation but um, do you want to speak more to that yeah i personally um think that the cover arts are really perfect for each project like uh so right the star is influenced by tarot the card and if you look at the card like a, the real like tarot card um it's by water and it's by water um and it's like a kind of like a water barrier that's actually is the the card for aquarius i'm pretty sure or like okay. one of the cards um and aquarius is a water barrier um so i definitely wanted that card to really influence the 
the cover art. Um, and so my friend, Samarixa, um, she's an amazing photographer. Um, and she, she's also into tarot and she's also really into spirituality. Um, she's incredible. So I feel like it was perfect to make this piece of artwork with her specifically. And we were like at this lake at night and it was kind of scary, but it was kind of really nice at the same time. Uh, and it was, um, I don't know if you could tell, um, but in the behind me um, in the photo, it's water and it's like a reflection of the light. Like you can see some reflections of the light um, on the water. Um, it looks like pitch black, but. No, I can, I can yeah. see like the, the lights and then the, the reflection of the lights. Yeah. And, um, I remember like just being in the sand and getting, I got, it was kind of cold. I remember it was like, I don't know, but it was cold. It was like during beginning of like spring. Um, so it was still cold at that time. And I feel like that came out so perfect. And I feel like that's still my favorite cover art thus far that I've had. And then, uh, like you said, the face piece that I had, I, was definitely intentional to what the whole project was, you know, meaning for. It was definitely representing what I was going through at that time and kind of hiding away from, I guess, what I was going through, through my music and then conveying it through my music as well. It's just, it's kind of like, like, it's a little bit ironic, but yeah, I, I love that cover art. And then the other cover art for Momentum I love too, because I feel like it represents, like you said, a confidence. You're like, you're really good at analyzing. I know that's your job, but you know, you're good at your <laughs> job. <laughs> and um, it definitely represents a confidence, more of a sass, uh, more of a presence and uh, like, yep, this is me. Like, or this is, you know, I'm just that girl. <laughs> and um, it was, so fun I remember being stressed that day but like when I did the shoot but it was still really fun and I felt good and when you feel good when you're behind the camera you'll see it in the picture like you always see like if you're feeling uncomfortable you're gonna see it so I definitely I wanted kind of uh like a like almost for it to look like a film like a roll of film and that's kind of what we aimed for it doesn't obviously look exactly like it but I, I still love it. I love how it's kind of abstract, but like you can tell what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I can kind of see that because it's got this almost like triptych. There's like three images that are kind of like cropped to fit the the square album. Right. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely, definitely see that. I also feel I'm, I'm glad that you are the, the kind of artist that that puts thought into into cover art. Not that it's like the most important thing in the world, but I, I feel like it's almost like a, like a lost art in itself when releasing music. Like when you think of like older albums, there's like so many like older iconic album covers from like any era. Uh, and now, and maybe this has to do with like this very consumptive digital age of, of music listening that we're in. But I feel like a lot of album art nowadays is is sort of forgettable or or made on the fly and just like done done quickly. So I always like a good like cover art that reflects right what is going on 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 the project, especially knowing that you're putting like some thematic thought into the 
into your music and not just throwing together, you know, a group of songs just for the sake of it. Right. Yeah. I feel like, well, at least the artists that I know, like from, you know, Boston, I think they all do a good job at being cohesive with their work. So I feel like I definitely see that in other artists as well, where they're just more um, intentional. But like you said, there are other artists um, that are just mostly, I feel like they usually have um, a whole team um, of people. It's usually people who are just, I mean, artists who are just a bit, they just have a whole team and stuff like that. Yeah. I also, going back to the sort of the, the tarot theme, I, I really like that as like an inspiration. I had mentioned kind of wanting to talk a little bit about, I don't know if you had brought your deck that you were talking about. The Oracle deck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have it. Cool. Cause I had I had gone through I have I just the only one I have because I'm like very, very novice at it. And I don't like I have friends who are very into tarot and do readings, but I just have like the classic rider deck that I, you know, picked up. But I like I picked out some of my just went through really quick in a couple minutes when uh like right before we started and just like picked out some of my favorites, just pretty much based on um based on like the the illustration right the artwork no it it is art like someone drew that so it definitely is i love tarot artwork as well i have that um i actually didn't i got my oracle deck instead um but i have two that i don't have right now with me um i have the the one that you have the like classic tarot and i have um this i forgot the name of it but it's so beautiful like the way that the artist drew everything and like you can tell like she used multiple medias so it's like water based like water coloring it's so pretty though like it looks I don't know like if I like I would love one of my cover arts to look like that like it's so beautiful I I don't even I forgot who the artist is but yeah um but the one that I have right now is the starseed oracle um, okay that looks really familiar i feel like i've like come across that in like a like a store before yeah um they so i'm a pisces and wait what are you i'm a taurus taurus okay um so i'm a pisces and they say that pisces are star seeds so that's why i got it because I, okay. I felt kind of connected to it in a way um and this artwork is also really cool too but it's it's very like spacey like this is a whole galaxy. Oh, I oh I love that. Yeah. Hold on. Can I you mind if I take a screenshot of that real quick? Because just because this is gonna be an audio medium and like so anyone listening is gonna miss out on that really <laughs> cool artwork. <laughs> right. Definitely recommend like if you're listening and you're into tarot, Google that if you're if this is a deck you don't have. It's really cool how many decks there are, how many artists have tried to take their own unique depictions of, of these these images that have been around for centuries. Right. Um, and I feel like they everyone interprets it differently. Um, although it has like a an actual like definition, like each card, but I feel like the artwork is I don't know, I feel like it can be interpreted in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also very I almost feel like the the power of tarot, at least what I've felt when I've had friends do readings for me, it it does hit in a very personal way. Um, when you, even though they're sort of like the meanings can 
be like vague and, and have multiple applications, right. you do sort of like, it does force you to think, even if you're the kind of person like me, who's very skeptical about, you know, like spiritualism, as well as many other things, it, is, it does, you know, the readings I've gotten, I have been sort of like forced to think, how do these words that I'm hearing apply to what I'm going through, like my situation? And so it does you know, even if you're a non-believer, a skeptic, value rationality over spiritualism, as, as long as you like stay open-minded to these things, like you can still find meaning. Yeah. And I definitely feel like, um, like obviously anything can be like applied to anything. Like, I don't know if you, if that makes sense, but like, I feel like things are so relative, like, duh, it's going to be <laughs> like, I don't know. To me, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't really know how to explain it actually, but I feel like when people are close-minded, like I can definitely like respect that, but it's like, there's so many things that we don't know, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I feel like there's, I don't know, like it's fun. Like why, well, you know, like why just not have fun with it? Like, so, um, but yeah, like Tarot does have, um, it's definitely impacting. Like I remember my friend was the one that really got me into it. And um, we all, we all come from like a kind of basically an indigenous background. Um, I'm from El Salvador and most of my friends are too. So, and I've always loved that. Um, And I feel like that's why um, we're still friends because we've been friends for a long time. And I feel like we share this spirituality, like, like sisterhood almost um that no one else can really like understand or they they probably can understand but um they'll have it in their own like different ways or groups because I feel like people definitely have like a soul tribe and I feel like my friends are like my soul tribe because there's like no way well there is like like I said there's no coincidences but um all of us my like my two best friends like we both we're all from El Salvador, um, which is crazy because if you go there, it's so humbling and it's really beautiful to see who we are and like who we could have been almost. Um, like if our parents didn't take that journey to come here, <laughs> like it's there's just a real beauty in just like in that um, aspect. And we probably share ancestors. And a lot of the times our ancestors um, talk to us through these cards or talk to us through um, different outlets. So I feel like tarot card is definitely a way I connect with my ancestors or because I do believe in a higher being. So connect to a higher being or like you said, a message of any sort. So I could agree with you too.
Yeah. No, I know like I, for a long time I was very like personally very like close-minded to to this stuff, but that's also at least specifically like astrology stuff, which where I'm at with that now is like I think it's like a very useful tool to like get in touch with yourself and just like I don't really care about like the compatibility stuff right. that much because I, f- I feel like anyone you you come in contact with you know you're gonna have some sort of compatible and incompatible aspects or whatever but I do find it like a very very interesting tool for like self-analysis but for a long time what really opened my mind to it was so my birthday is uh, May 21st which is like if you just look at like newspaper horoscopes that are just like solely focused on sun sign yeah my whole life i thought i was like a gemini and then my friend christine who's the editor-in-chief at alston pudding hi christine if you're listening (laughs) uh, one one meeting we had uh she was just like going around like doing people's birth charts and she was like actually the sun was still in taurus and once I like read about that, I was like, oh, I relate to that a lot more. Um, uh, my, I think my, uh, my rising sign is Gemini. So I, I was, cause I never not related to the Gemini stuff, mm-hmm. but I was like, uh, I don't, I'm much, I'm much too honest to be like a stereotypical Gemini. Right. Uh, at least, um, they get a bad rap. I, I kind of like Gemini's, but, um, yeah i love gemini's too um yeah i think gemini's are really funny <laughs> and i think yeah. they're great artists um and great lyricists a lot of rappers are gemini's um oh yeah yeah but yeah that's another topic <laughs> yeah yeah anyway so that sort of like opened up like i was like all right maybe i'll look into this this birth chart thing and uh and then you know moving down the road once I had friends do tarot readings for me, um, like the first like real tarot reading I had a friend of mine, like sat me down and like lit some incense and some sage and like really like set the the tone. It was almost like when she started like, like spreading the cards and like, I started picking them out before I turned them over. I almost, I was like even a little like unsettled, Cause I was like, Oh damn, like what's going to, what's going to happen? Like, what am I, what, like what dirt is, <laughs> are these cars going to read in mine? And so I did sort of like just get in that spiritual mindset in that specific moment. And it was, you know, a lot more powerful than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, uh, I, anyone listening, I urge get a tarot reading sometime. Yeah. Just, just go in for it and like keep an open mind and see what the, what the cards, how you can apply the cards to your, your life, your situation and whatever you're going through. What my friend had me do was like ask a question before each card. And yeah, I just found like the, the card interpretations really did help answer those questions. Yeah. I feel like um, also there's many ways to interpret the card reading like if you ask a question you can do like the past present and future like you can answer it like that or there's many ways to answer it like it's not a one and done type of thing well it can be if you want it to be but um, there's so many ways that you can like interpret and ask um, and receive the message because things can be received in so many ways 
Yeah, absolutely. I guess other than the star, are there any particular particular cards that feel a special relationship with? Definitely, um, probably the world. I love that card. I feel like it always meant infinity to me or like an infinite amount of like abundance. My, so I'm also into life path numbers. My life path is um, number is eight and eight is, you know, kind of, it's, it's about like, it's a symbol of, in, <clears throat> of like infinity, right? So like the infinity sign is like an eight, if you draw it out. And I feel like the world, the world card always stuck out to me because I felt that connection of, you know, things being an endless possibility to me or endless everything or like endless love or endless abundance, endless blessings. And I feel like it also meant kind of like instant manifestation or just, I feel like I really connected to it because I feel like I usually see my reality change before my eyes because I want it to be that way, you know, like the law of attraction uh, mindset. So I feel like I've always loved that card. I also love the lover's card. Um, If I really wanted to, I would get that tattooed. (laughs) That artwork is so beautiful. Like I love um, that artwork. And I also just love, I just love how, what it, like I love everything that it represents and the meaning. I feel like there's another one. Oh, um, probably justice. I love that card too. Yeah. Do you, what are yours? Good thing I picked them out beforehand. Uh, so I really like the hanged man. I really like the kind of the pose that he's making. I don't really know the meaning of it. Uh, I just kind of, I, I dig, I dig what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so uh, if memory serves me correctly, it's kind of about being in like a tough situation. Um, right. In just a very general sense. But I also, even though he's hanging upside down, he's kind of got that one leg that's going to the <laughs> side. I, it, it always makes me laugh a little bit. Like, even though he's in a kind of a rough situation, I feel like he's still almost like having a, a fun little time. <laughs> yeah, that card represents like stagnancy um, and okay. resistance. Um, but yeah, it is funny. I picked out uh, the hero fan just because I believe that this is the one that rules Taurus or it has like a connection to Taurus. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and I really like the moon just cause I, I really like the moon in general. Um, I also have like a little moon necklace. That's so nice. So I've always really liked the moon. So anytime the moon has popped up in when I had like a reading done, I'm like, sweet the moon (laughs) yeah um that usually represents like shedding some sort of light onto something um or like illumination or something coming out of the dark um it could also mean a lot of other things but (laughs) yeah that's what i remember from that and uh sort of the last one that i picked out was the knight of swords less because i really like it but this i think this more than anything else has popped up in readings that i've gotten and so i feel like if i'm gonna embrace the the embrace spiritual spirituality and embrace like the meaning of the cards you know i can't like you said there's no coincidences i've gotta like 
trust that like if this card keeps popping up, then that's not a coincidence. Right. What do you get from that card? Like, do you get any any type of like or like do you know the meaning? Uh, I think it's about like taking action and like persevering through that action um, instead of uh, you know versus like the hanged man, which is you mentioned was about like stagnancy going. And I actually got like the weeks before I started doing this podcast, this card popped up in a reading I had gotten done. And so I was like, all right, where can I actually like take some action? Cause you know, this whole past like year and a half of living in a pandemic has been very, very stagnant. And there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunities to do new stuff. Um, and so I was like, it really set me to thinking of like, what, what can I do to take action? Like, what can I do to do something new? Um, and this, you know, I've been wanting to do a podcast for Alston Pudding for, for like two years when I started, finally set out to start this. Um, and so maybe this, this podcast was, was the answer, the action that I needed to take. Right. Um, I definitely see the, like, like, I feel like that card, cause you said, is that what, what swords is that? Like the last card that you pulled up? Knight, Knight of swords. Yeah. Knight of swords. Right. I feel like that's. It's kind of like rushing into rushing into battle on his horse. Yeah. Like that's like the complete opposite of the hanged man. Um, uh, so it's, it's interesting that like, those are your favorites. Um, I think because when I think about five of swords um, or anything like swords related, um, it makes me think about like a movement and um, a sort like um, a sense of presence and like, um, like things need to get done. Like that's when I, that kind of reminds me of like just movement and action, like you were saying. And like, it kind of opposes the hanged man where it's like, it's a bit more stagnant. It's more restricted. It's more um, resistant overall because something is clearly tying it up or blocking it from like going or doing whatever. So I think that's cool that you pick both of those out. Like those are your favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your insight on that. In the last couple minutes we have, I want to like veer away from, from this and get back to sort of your, your music. Sure. Uh, and wanted to ask you if there's any um, musicians whether they're like big, bigger names or just like specific, you know, more, more localized artists that you either like take inspiration from or are interested in like working with somehow in some capacity in the future? Um, first of all, um, this is funny how you say that because my favorite artist is Kalila. I don't know if you, um, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I yep. absolutely Fantastic. love her. Um, She's like on a huge, like, I don't know where she is. She doesn't post on social media. Like, so I feel like I hope she's working on something new, but it's been quite a while since we got an album from her um, since 2017. So, and that album literally um, take me apart. It's a really good album. It is so good. Like 
it influences me in every way like especially within my music um she's an amazing like she's just amazing and she works with like Arca which I would love to work with like producer wise like I feel like she and like I don't know like I feel like I would be blown away <laughs> like so definitely like Kalila Arca mm, I would definitely love to work with Monty Booker he's also a producer yeah I feel like those are my top three and obviously I'm gonna say Beyonce <laughs> just her vocals are so good her vocal arrangements um that's how I feel about Kalila too like she the way that she vocal arranges and she takes inspiration from like Janet Jackson or um uh Brandy there's just so much uh like I could tell like who her influences are she also talks about it but um like she does it so well so I love when people do that an artist kind of gives their credit when it's due to other artists and like she can I'll, she can have all my credit like because <laughs> she really does influence like everything in my music um she's a huge inspiration I, and I would love to work with her but I she has her like email on her Instagram um and I kind of wanted to send it to my project <laughs> here but I'm like mm, I don't know like maybe like you know maybe I can manifest something else in my lifetime mm-hmm. but yeah she's definitely like my top person nice nice yeah that's a that's a pretty solid list I haven't listened to that Kalila album in like at least two years I might pop it on after this yeah after no this. I whenever I don't listen to it for a while I I'm always like, oh my God, like this album was so good after a long time. I haven't heard it. So yeah, I actually kind of low-key forgot about it. So I'm actually really glad you mentioned <laughs> it. I, I I liked it a whole lot when it came out and like I keep up with a lot of music. And right. you know, it's really easy. Again, I had mentioned like the kind of consumptive, like we as listeners kind of go through albums really, really, really quickly. Yeah. And you know, once it's a couple weeks old, we kind of forget about it. So it's always good to revisit things that came out a co- even just a couple years ago and just be like, you know what, this was really, really good. Even her um, EP that came out, um, Hallucinogen, um, it was so good too. I just can't, I feel like that is such a good EP too. Like I, I love all of her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So I, before I let you go, is there anything else in the works that you're like able to talk about? Any like, plans for the the short-term future in terms of your own own work i know you've done like videos in the past are you planning to do any videos for like the songs on momentum so um my friend his name is zach he he's also an artist but um he's like a whole magician because he can do like video stuff music stuff he literally plays every instrument um but he's gonna he's planning to do like a festival like a digital festival um somewhere in october um and i should be on there and it's gonna be very i'm gonna be performing most of my discography so hopefully that'll be coming out um but I don't know if anything is set in stone, but if it is, it's definitely going to be more stripped down and kind of like alternative versions to the um, songs I have on Momentum, just more stripped down and more acoustic or because my dream is literally having a band. 
I would love to have like a real band and perform with them. So I definitely want to make that happen. Other than that, videos, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah. And then most likely, uh, I don't know what's in the works for me for me dropping any more music at the moment. Okay, awesome. Uh, when you find out about that, please feel free to email me or let me know uh, what it's called. All right. Um, but anyway, thank you, On Bloom, so much for your time. And uh, is there any any closing words you'd like to end with? Um, I definitely just want to thank you and your time and anyone who's listening and relating to anything that we talked about. Um, so I just want to really just show you my thanks and, um, my gratitude. I just thank you for having me. Yeah, it was my, my pleasure. Uh, feel free.
All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, that was my interview with On Bloom. Uh, once again, once again, thank you for the nominations for the Boston Music Awards. Go out and, and vote. Thank you to Alston Pudding. Thank you to On Bloom. Thank you to Ethan. And thanks to you, the listener. You know, we've we've gone global. We've got people in downloads in Canada, Ireland, the UK, uh, Belgium, Germany, Russia, Greece, India, Japan, and Bangladesh. Greetings to all of them from Boston. I would love to hear from you, like what, why you're listening. Maybe it's just like a, a VPN thing where like you do live in the United States, but you're like VPN is tied internationally. I don't know. But anyway, thanks for listening around the world. Can't wait to do more of this. Have a great week, everybody.